Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. Happy Monday, if that's a thing. Uh, this is the daily show where I go over the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. My name is Edward Lauder. I'm the editor of Small Screen. Write off. If you'd rather listen to this in podcast form, you can. You can go to Small Screen Stories wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, then it'd be great if you could give us five stars. That'd be wonderful. Also, if you could like and subscribe, that would also be really, really helpful. Thank you very much. And let's just get straight into the news. And let's start off with what I thought was quite funny. Uh, and that's that Ryan Reynolds is rumoured to star in both the MCU's Doctor Strange and Spider-Man 3. Which means he will be starring in Spider-Man 3 or cameoing and appearing in Spider-Man 3 and then in Doctor Strange 2. So this, I mean, I say it's funny. is because this comes from, um, well... This comes from somebody that is is pretty well known for these sorts of scoops. Um, somebody that uh, has made a, a pretty good career out of this sort of thing. That's Grace Randolph. So she's over on YouTube, and um, I'm I'm a big follower of hers, and I, I do think she gets more stuff right than she does wrong. Um, and it sounds as though she's got some very good sources over there uh, that talk to her quite uh, quite regularly. So she took to Twitter to say, uh, and here's a scoop. I'm also heading, but she meant hearing, that Deadpool will show up in Spider-Man 3 or Doctor Strange 2, or maybe even both, the whole set. So that's her tweet. Uh, she put in a load of hashtags Marvel, hashtag MCU. So I find this amusing because she's kind of really sitting on the fence with this one. Um, she, the reason I spoke about it and, and wrote about it is because I mean she she is a, a big player in this in this industry and um, she, again as I said her scoops often tend up to be end up being more uh, right than wrong but one of the reasons why that might be is because she often kind of sits on the fence she has had um, recent history in getting things not quite as right as she claims she has done especially with uh, Ryan Reynolds's um, <laughs> The, she, she was talking about Ryan Reynolds coming back as Green Lantern in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's not happening. It was never going to happen. Um, and now, again, it's another Ryan Reynolds-based one. So, you know, maybe she's hoping that this will, this will actually ha- come to fruition. But as far as small screen is concerned, we did post uh, a, a, an exclusive article about this back in November, November 9th, I believe, uh, and we were basically saying a similar thing. Uh, as far, my, my sources were telling me that uh, that uh, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool is actually going to be showing up in Doctor Strange 2, and that Doctor Strange 2 will be his debut in the MCU. Uh, that I was being, I was told by sources that a lot of it has to do with the multiverse and how that will end up opening up the Marvel Cinematic Universe to other characters from previous Marvel movies, possibly, uh, well, 20th Century Fox's Marvel movies. And we're now hearing more and more news about so I, we also reported that um, Tobey Maguire's and um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were both going to be in Doctor Strange Two. That was uh, exp- uh, that was reported by us, and now other people are claiming it as their own exclusives. But honestly, I'm talking about it here because I I'm excited about all this stuff. I really don't care that much about who has an exclusive or who claims what to be an exclusive. The thing is, is that they're often there there is. There are similarities and differences between what people are being told, but that here, like just in general, in the in in in, in this game, but here the the interesting thing is we're all being told the same thing. So I'm honestly pretty sure that this is going to happen. Again, I have spoken about this in the past, but if you were to look at here, you can see 
Clearly, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Ryan Reynolds, Rachel McAdams, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wan, Tom Hiddleston, and Tilda Swinton at the end. Uh, that is the cast list on Google for Doctor Strange 2. They still haven't taken this down. Like, I mean, again, they probably don't really care that much uh, about, about that, but it's up there. It's on Google. Um, and I, I always, when I saw that, I thought that was quite amusing. Basically, Google confirming this was going to happen, and now it seems as though everybody's uh, confirming the same thing. So what do you guys think about this? Is this something that is exciting to you? Are you excited by Deadpool finally coming to the MCU? It looks like, as far as I'm concerned, it's Doctor Strange 2 is where we're going to be seeing him first. But, I mean, if he really is in Spider-Man 3, that film will be chock-a-block just full of characters. And honestly, I don't see a movie really there. Like, it should be too many characters in, in one movie. That, but that, again, is as far as, as, far as I'm concerned... It's, it sounds to me as though Spider-Man Three is going to end up becoming almost like their event, like Spider-Man Avengers movie. Uh, but I have more more news on that coming up in a bit. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to our exclusive, actually, of um, of the, the well of the week, and that's that Dakin Montgomery, the star of Stranger Things and Power Rangers is in talks to play the Human Torch in the MCU's uh, Fantastic Four film. So we, I mean, we've been talking about Fantastic Four for quite a while now. Um, it was then confirmed that at uh, Disney's Investors Day presentation by Kevin Feige that it was happening, that they'd already confirmed that before, but that John Watts was going to be directing. So that was the big news that Spider-Man's John Watts is going to be jumping on over to uh, Fantastic Four, putting kind of more emphasis on our scoop that, uh, Spider-Man 4 will be directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. But now, it I mean, as far as my sources are, are, are concerned, Dacre Montgomery, who's an Australian actor, I think half Australian, half Canadian, uh, most famous for being in Stranger Things. But before that, he was also very, very good in Power Rangers. He played uh, the Red Ranger in Power Rangers, Jason Scott. He was the villain in, in Stranger Things Season 2, and he was brilliant in that. But I'll just put put up the um, the the quotes that I received from a number of sources. So here's the first one: Marvel Studios is ramping up things with John Watts's Fantastic Four movie. They're looking at a bunch of actors for the role of Johnny Storm. Yet Stranger Things' Dacre Montgomery seems to be leading the pack. He's currently in talks with Marvel bosses as we speak for the role. Then uh, a second source came on to say that uh, Dacre Montgomery is in talks for the role of Johnny Storm in the MCU's Fantastic Four picture. He was considered for Wolverine, but Marvel thinks he'd be perfect for Johnny, and John Watts is uh, is very keen on casting the actor for the role. Uh, so this is this is something that I think that was, that was that that was it. So I was told by two sources the, the same information basically, but then the second source kind of offered a bit more uh, a bit a bit more information about what's actually going on and who's actually really keen on this. And it looks like John Watts is the one that really thinks he'd be great for the role. Uh, there were rumours that he was up for Wolverine, but they were just rumours at the time. But this source uh, seems to be... Basically, he told me that actually that the... the well, they told me, sorry, that, that he was up for the... or being thought of for the role of Wolverine. He would have made quite... A, quite a good Wolverine as well. Another Australian actor playing the role seems to be quite interesting. But no, it seems as though it, they're more keen on getting things going for Fantastic Four. And uh, and Dacre Montgomery is a, he's kind of the right age. He, he I think he looks the part. If you 
go back to another another scoop of, of ours that um, that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are in talks for the roles of Reed Richards and Susan Storm. You can really see Emily Blunt and Dacre Montgomery being brothers, brother and sister, really, that they have the right look. Um, and I just can see it working on screen. And it's it's something that they really need to get right. Uh, Fantastic Four is a is a really vital film for Marvel, I, I believe. And I think uh, the further down the line we go into these new MCU phases, the more important they'll become. The more important Reed Richards will become, um, Susan Storm, uh, uh, Johnny Storm, and of course the, the Thing as well. I haven't heard anything about the Thing. Um, I'm, I'm asking around about that, about casting news for that, but I haven't heard anything as of yet. I haven't heard anything from any other outlets either. I haven't read anything uh, reported. But this, again, I will say that this has also been quite popularly fan cast casted. <laughs> That's a word. People have been fan casting this. The the idea of Dacre Montgomery playing um, the Human Torch. The th- the thing with that is I'm I'm always a bit um, cautious about about that sort of thing. I know it's been it's worked in the past, especially more with Star Wars stuff. But it seems as though, as far as Fantastic Four is concerned, the fans have kind of been spot on. The fans have been saying, "Look, the people that need to play these roles, it's obvious. It's obvious that John Krasinski should be playing Reed Richards. It's obvious that Emily Blunt should be playing Susan Storm, and it's obvious there are, there have been two kind of really um, actors that have really been fan casted." <laughs> That's the word again in the role of um, of Johnny Storm, and that's been uh, Zac Efron and Dave Montgomery. Um, I actually think both would be pretty good for the role, but as far as uh, my sources are concerned, it's Dave Montgomery. So this is something that again I am very very excited about this movie because I'm a big Fantastic Four fan. I've lo- I used to love the the cartoons growing up. I was really more the into like the cartoons growing up and then I got into some there are some great comic comic book runs of the Fantastic Four and they've never got that they've never got it right on screen never we had like the original well not (laughs) the first there was that awful Fantastic Four film that was basically made I can't remember what it was but it was made just so they could keep the rights and it was awful it was deliberately bad then there were the Fantastic Four films with uh, Jessica Alba which were really really bad like I thought they were terrible those those movies and then we had the uh, Josh Trank Fantastic Four film or Fanforstic as people like to call it which is just again terrible I, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people say it is personally I thought it was I thought it was bad but I actually think the the Fantastic Four films before those ones were, were worse because they were like very very kind of late 90s early 2000s comic book movies and they were just bad those, those movies whereas I could kind of see that they're, they're obviously Josh Trank obviously had some sort of a vision for Fantastic Four and he really wanted to do it but I think studio interference in the end and also he's you know he obviously it's been very well reported that Josh Trank had basically many many meltdowns on set I personally don't think he was ready to direct a movie that big. And then I think in the end it was Simon Kinberg that just finished the film. And I I mean, I like Simon Kinberg. He's obviously a big fan of comic books, but I do not think he's a particularly good director. I think he showed that with with X-Men Dark Phoenix, which really wasn't very good. Uh, He showed that again with Fanforstick, which really wasn't very good, which was basically directed by him. It was not, Josh Trank made it very public that it was not the movie he wanted to make. I think Josh Trank wanted more of a kind of body gore type movie, which I think would have been really fascinating. There were elements of that in there. He had such a good cast as well. You have 
like Miles Teller. You have um, I'm blanking on all the other names, but I always blank on names. But yeah, you have a really really good cast in there. Um, Rooney Mara's sister, Kate Mara, was was in there as well. Let me just have a look. Fantastic for right, Kate Mara. Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, of course. How could I forget Michael B. Jordan? Jamie Bell and Toby Kebbell. You know, that's already... And Tim Blake Nelson, who, of course, was in um, The Incredible Hulk as well. So just a really, really good cast. And it's just such a shame that they weren't able to get it right because there was so much potential there. And, you know, I loved Chronicle, which was Josh Trank's kind of debut film. I think that was a really, really good movie. I think that starred Dane DeHaan and, and Michael B. Jordan. But it's it's like, it's just a bit of a shame, really, that that happened. But it looks like they're really kind of trying to set the record straight with Fantastic Four, getting John Watts on, who's kind of a proven director. He knows how to direct these big uh, superhero movies. And this will be, I mean, it sounds to me as though Spider-Man 3 is pretty big, but this will be like a step up, for, for not for him, but... This, this will be, I think, bigger because they really need to get Fantastic Four right. They really need to get the right cast. And I am all behind Dacre Montgomery being uh, cast as the Human Torch. It's what I've been told. I'm really excited about it. And let me know what you guys think about this casting, this potential casting. He's in talks at the moment for the Fantastic Four, for <laughs> the Human Torch. Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving back to Spider-Man 3. Uh, so Spider-Man 3, uh, there, there have been some rumoured, well, plot leaks basically from Mikey Sutton over at Geekosity. And he's been saying that the actual heart of the movie is going to revolve around Peter Parker and MJ's relationship. So this is something that I'm actually really, really excited to hear. So Mikey Sutton, actually, if you're if if you read Geekosity, if you are part of the Facebook group, there's there is a Facebook group out there uh, where he's been posting all sorts of uh, scoops over over like the last couple of months, maybe for a couple of years. I'm not sure how long he's been working uh, in this industry for, but I think the Disney investor call or meeting or presentation, whatever you want to call it. I think that was a big moment for Geekosity because basically almost all of their scoops were confirmed during this uh, this this presentation. And it, it was a really, uh, I think, a really big night for them. It was a big night for us as well because Fantastic Four was confirmed. There were some things that we'd been alluding to, but then again, it, we, I mean, I'm not really in this for the scoop game, but... You know, it was a really fascinating night as a fan of Marvel, uh, Pixar, and Star Wars just in general, and Disney just in, just in general. But anyway, he's been talking about what's going to be happening. So he said, first of all, the burgeoning romance between Parker and MJ will deepen in the movie. Those expecting action from the beginning are not going to receive what they are seeking. Don't get me wrong, the last act, the last act of the film, which I will preview below has the potential to be to rival Infinity War and end, an Endgame, but anyone thinking that Kevin Feige will take his eyes off the wheel are, wor are worrying for nothing. He then said, Spider-Man 3 is going to be similar to Civil War in how it balances power, powerful character, uh, character moments with characters gradually introduced into its plot. In other words, it won't be a case of spaghetti being thrown against the wall. At the heart of it all will be Holland and Zendaya. The movie will revolve around their relationship. It's going to be tested here as she realizes how dangerous it is for her boyfriend to be Spider-Man, especially in the world, especially with the world knowing his true identity. The bad guys aren't coming after Parker, they're coming after her. 
her, he, uh, she is his most obvious weakness. You know, this is this is something that has happened in previous Spider-Man films to a certain extent. For some reason, like MJ, when played by Kirsten Dunst, always ended up being in in jeopardy, in danger. But this makes so much more sense because people know now that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, thanks to Jon- J. Jonah Jameson's um, nice little uh, end credit scene at the end of Far From Home. So I think a lot of the film, the beginning, will probably, there might be a court case to begin with, um, where Peter Parker's trying to trying to clear his name. There have been rumours that Charlie Cox is going to be coming back as Daredevil in the movie and that he's actually going to be representing Peter Parker in court, in court excuse me, <clears throat> That will be really, really fascinating if true. I, I would love to see that. There have also been rumours that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are actually going to be uh, the going to be key in getting Peter Parker off and basically throwing suspicion away from him as being Spider-Man. And that's actually something that um, Guy Cossity, Mikey Sutton, did write about previously. And he said here, I wrote that the original cinematic Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, will remove Peter, uh, Parker's identity problem. Uh, he then said that seems uncertain now as the other close person other personnel close to the matter have informed me the solution was part of an earlier draft dr strange is going to remove people's memories of parker being spider-man including mj's with one of his powerful spells they added that um, there will be consequences that which i do not know so I mean, it's this to me. This sounds as though he then goes on to say that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield won't appear until the second half of the movement of the movie, sorry, the film, and that it'll be an extraordinary, extraordinary sequence with the trio battling their respective villains. There'll be time travel involved as well as swinging from one universe to another. So it's to me, this sounds really, really quite fascinating. Uh, if that is the script, again, he is saying that the the like the kind of um, what's the word, the court case thing might not be in the movie i'm, I'm kind of hoping it will be but again it it sounds to me as though there have been multiple versions of this script and that certain people seem to have certain versions of it um it honestly i think i i've been thinking this the whole time if toby Maguire and andrew garfield really are in this movie i think it's going to be a very small sequence i'm not even sure if they're going to be involved in a in, in an actual battle sequence at the end i, I just think I think it, it it to me just sounds too strange. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to, you know, point any fingers here. Um, as far as this article is concerned, I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that Mikey Sutton's information is is solid. But I'm just thinking. This is now my my time to speculate. I'm just thinking that if 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 the um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider Man are in the movie, which I'm pretty sure is is happening now. They wouldn't have left it so late. Marvel wouldn't have left it so late to try and get them involved. That they would have had that done years, yeah, possibly even years ago. The minute Far From Home ended, they would have started negotiations with the pair of them because they would have known that they're in the script. They're important parts of the script. Being involved in a final battle sequel is a sequence. Sorry, is an important part of a script. So as far as I'm concerned, if they're in the movie, it would almost be kind of throwaway moments, moments that, that the movie could do without, that aren't like n- like necessary for the movie to work. I think if they're to be involved in a final battle sequence, the two of them, I think that's just too much, t- too much. And uh, it's, it's leaving too much to chance. You, you know, even though I'm pretty sure anyone would want to work for Marvel, they have been turned down in the past. Joaquin Phoenix famously turned them down for the role of Doctor Strange. Um, 
you know, that does happen. That can happen. And both actors, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, you know, their experiences of playing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, sorry, aren't, you know, they, they aren't completely, like, amazing. Both of them have had bad times, especially towards the end. And they'll they'll remember that. So I know it's a different company they're working with now. You know, Kevin Feige's more heavily, well, is basically, you know, he's doing every well, not do, doing everything, but he's the one in charge now. Uh, I know Sony is still involved, but um, I, I just I just think it's leaving a bit too much up to chance to to have them be vital parts of a final battle sequence. I, I really do think it's going to be a kind of brief cameo, and I was thinking that's why for me the court scene made more sense because you could have them be kind of involved in the in the movie in a way that it's like there's a rip in in the multiverse. They they kind of come into Peter Parker's or Tom Holland's Peter Parker's universe, help him out, and then solve some sort of problem, then go back. But then the main the main two players would be Peter Parker and Doctor Strange. I I think that would make more sense as far as I, I'm concerned. But again, this is pure speculation. Let me know what you guys think about all of this in the comments below. Is this something you'd like to see? Are you excited? about uh, about Spider-Man 3 let me know your thoughts in the comments below right moving on and moving on to Patty Jenkins so Patty Jenkins is rumored to want Gal Gadot and Chris Pine to both star in her Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie so this was revealed again at the Disney investors uh, call or presentation again whatever you want to call it um, and now we're hearing from I believe it's Daniel Rickman that's uh, talking about this and he's saying that uh, that that um, Patty Jenkins wants to bring over her two main stars from the Wonder Woman franchise. So this, to me, it doesn't sound completely mad to me that she would lose two. What what I think uh, I'd be if I were Disney and mainly Lucasfilm, I'd actually be more worried about about this because Gal Gadot isn't cheap. Uh, Gal Gadot. Um, are you, I mean, you've, you, you've probably heard that, she, you know, that, that she's been paid quite a lot for Wonder Woman. She's now one of the highest paid actors, um, sorry, actresses, actually, and actors. And she's very business savvy. So she will demand quite a big sum of money for this movie. Patty Jenkins probably has asked for a lot of money to make this film as well. Again, Disney, they're, you know, they're, they're not... <laughs> They do. They do pay very well. Obviously, um, they have got a lot of money. Uh, they've been doing very well, but this year hasn't been a fantastic year for them because they haven't been able to release movies in cinemas. But they're still making a lot of money, mainly mainly thanks to Disney Plus. Um, the parks have been closed for a while, so that's a big revenue stream closed for them. So they will still want to kind of be able to manage budgets, and adding somebody like Gal Gadot will it will add at least 10 million onto your budget. I'm just being completely honest here. That's basically her, her like, that's how much she charges to be in a movie. Because she's a big name, she's now become one of the biggest stars in the world. So rightly so, you have to, you have to pay to have her in the movie, that you have to pay a premium. And um, I think, I honestly think that, yes, Patty Jenkins would probably love to have both her and Chris Pine in the film. But then again, is it necessary? 
I don't think so. I don't think it's necessary. But I know, I do know that there are a lot of directors out there that love to work with the same actors over and over again. Just look at Christopher Nolan, for instance. Christopher Nolan loves to work with the likes of Sir Michael uh, Caine, um, Tom Hardy. He's worked with him on, mul uh, on multiple occasions. Killian Murphy as well. So these actors are actors that he really, he has kind of a, um, a core group of actors that he likes to give roles to, that he likes to work with. And... Um, that, that I mean, Alfred Hitchcock was the same as well. He, he worked with actors on multiple occasions, and he worked with James Stewart quite a few times. Uh, but it's it's like that you know that that there, there is that going on here. I think, and I'm pretty sure that Patty Jenkins probably has roles in mind for the the two characters. But I I, I think that probably Kathleen Kennedy might who I I mean I know she people aren't massive fans of hers but one thing she's able to do is is manage movies quite effectively and uh she's uh I think she's very good at her job sorry I went a bit loud then um I, I I'm going to be completely honest I think she's very good at, as a president of Lucasfilm I think she's um and she's she's very she's also very business savvy and knows that the potential um, gains from having someone like Gal Gadot in the film, they probably don't match the amount of money they would need to bring her into the movie. Chris Pine might might be different. Chris Pine probably isn't as expensive. Um, but, but he's also not the big... He, I mean, he's a name. He's a big name, but he's not a Wonder Woman name. She, you know, this is something Gal Gadot's just, uh, just signed on to do, Heart of, uh, Heart of Stone, I believe it's called, which has now made her, if not the, one of the most, the highest paid act, uh, um, actors in Hollywood. You know, she, it's, she's some, it's something that she's been very good at in, in the last couple of years, negotiating very good contracts. She's obviously got... Uh, a very good um, team behind her and a very good agent, but also she is also very business savvy. So that that's the, the, those are just my thoughts about this news. Um, I I uh, I I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to be in the film. I don't think either of them are going to be in the movie. But it's not saying that that conversations aren't going on behind the scenes between Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, and Lucasfilm and Disney. I'm pretty sure they're happening, but I just don't think it'll. I don't think it'll end up happening. I, I don't think it'll come to fruition. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to Netflix. Uh, Netflix are rumored to be working on an Umbrella Academy movie. So this again comes from Daniel Rickman. He's been very busy. Uh, so this is something that I was very surprised by as well. It seems to be tonight seems to be me kind of going against a lot of these stories. But it, again, it doesn't mean that they're not that they're not true. Um, things happen all the time in Hollywood. People are talking about things all the time, They're working on different projects all the time. They don't always happen. But um, as far as the Umbrella Academy movie is concerned, uh, I, I would be quite surprised if, the, if this were to be the case because there are plans. I know there are plans to make four seasons. So they're making season three now. Um, that I know that they've already written scripts for season four. Uh, this is one of their biggest shows. This uh, not, I mean, you you don't you can't just think about the United States and the UK, the kind of English speaking world. You've also got to think about the huge market that's outside of that. And outside of that, the Umbrella Academy is huge. It's really big, like worldwide. It's surprisingly so. It's a bit like Money Heist in that sense. It's not quite as big. It's not nowhere near the numbers that Money Heist does, but it's it, it, it's almost there. And the idea was to make four seasons. And I still think they're going to do that. But then on the on the other hand, the idea of them making a movie kind of does make sense because it's like, 
Well, we've now seen that a lot of these actors involved in, in the Umbrella Academy are now becoming more and more famous. Of course, I mean, Elliot Page is, is the big name in there, but you've got Tom Hopper in there as well. Um, you know, uh, Aidan Gillen's become, uh, sorry, Aidan Gallagher's becoming more and more famous. Robert Sheehan's becoming more and more famous. Um, Emmy uh, Raver Lamp, um, Lampman as well is becoming more and more famous, th- mainly thanks to this show. So getting them together schedule-wise might be quite difficult. So in that sense, making a movie might make more sense because it requires a bit less time, a bit less effort. You know, you don't have to direct multiple episodes of of it. You just have to direct the movie. So that might mean that they could end up spending, what, let's say, two to three months shooting, maybe even a bit less. And um, as opposed to, like, what it would take to film a, a series, which could take up to, like, six months sometimes. So in that sense, that there is like logic behind it. So maybe that might happen, but it's something they haven't done before. But then again, this COVID-19 pandemic might have thrown people through a loop, especially at Netflix. And they might be thinking, well, how can we just get this out as quickly as possible? The quickest way to get it out might be to make a movie. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to the petition to have Amber Heard fired from Aquaman 2. Well, it's almost reaching, um, it's almost reached 2 million signatures, which is pretty massive. Uh, so as we speak, I think when I saw it, it was just coming out to 1.8 million, which is makes it, if not the, one of the uh, most signed petitions in history on change.org. So let me just wait for it to come up. So it kind of takes a while for the numbers. So I think it's 1.7, yeah, one almost 1.75. So... <sighs> It's it's getting there, and I'm pretty sure by Christmas it will it will have uh, surpassed two million. Um, this kind of goes against like Amber Heard's recent comments that this is all just paid, kind of a paid online campaign. That it's just too many signatures for that. That's a, I mean, it would take too much money, really. I think there's a lot. There might be some. There might be some bots involved in that, but I think the large proportion of it is is are genuine, you know, human beings behind it, not bots, and. Uh, I think I'd be surprised, even though it's been said that Warner Brothers isn't taking this seriously, I'd be surprised that if they don't start really looking at this. The minute it hits 2 million, I think they might start thinking, well, this is a problem now because it can't possibly just be all bots because that would just require way too much money for it to be someone you know linked to Johnny Depp. I think I just think it, that would be pure madness if that's the case. So I'm pretty sure they're genuine. I'm pretty sure the Warner Brothers is starting to take notice about it. But then again, I'm not someone that really wants to advocate someone losing their job over something that hasn't actually been decided yet in a court of law. I don't think I don't think either of them should have lost their should lose their jobs. I don't think Johnny Depp should have lost his job for Fantastic Beasts. And I don't think Amber Heard, as as of yet, uh, should lose her job for Aquaman 2 because they actually haven't been convicted. John, a lot of people are kind of wanting to throw Johnny Depp off the bus because they say, oh, you know, he lost his uh, libel case. Well, yeah, it's a libel case. It's, 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 it wasn't a criminal case. So let's just wait and see what happens. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there. There are lots of people that read the site that are really, um, you know, very, very pro Johnny Depp. And I get that. But... Let's just wait and see what happens. And uh, this story is rolling on. It's been going on for months now. Um, but yeah, it looks like by Christmas, I'm pretty sure the petition will reach 2 million. Let me know what you guys think of all that in the comments below. 
Right, moving on and moving away from movie news and onto some TV stuff. So there's this upcoming Marvel series, which again was announced at the Disney Investor Call the other day, and it's called uh, Armor Wars, and it's going to feature Don Cheadle as uh, War Machine. It's rumored it might it, this will be his last time playing the role, which will be sad, but he gets his own series, which is nice. And it's now being rumored that Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer will be returning for the show. So if you remember correctly, he was in Iron Man 2. He was kind of the one that went up against Tony Stark, but he's, he's not really... I mean, he's a villain, but in a kind of stupid way. He kind of gets double-crossed and he doesn't really know what's going on. He's a bit... He's depicted in the film as being a bit of a a bit all over the place and just kind of more in awe of Tony Stark than anything else. He just wants to be the next Tony Stark. Uh, He doesn't really want to become a villain, which um, kind of makes sense. Uh, It's more kind of Ivan, who's Mickey Rourke's character that's behind it all. But basically... Uh, this was a while back in 2019 uh, this is during a Reddit Q&A so Kevin Feige was asked whether he'd be interested in bringing bringing back forgotten characters such as Justin Hammer and Feige replied I'm not sure I'd call them forgotten characters but I'd love uh, but I'd love bringing back characters people think they've seen the last of for example General Ross and Harley Keener from Iron Man 3 so yeah that uh, and then Sam Rockwell did another kind of ask me anything um, Q&A session on Reddit and uh, he said he'd ha- be happy to do it. He's just waiting on the Avengers to give him a call. So it, to me, it, it just makes so much sense to have Justin Hammer in the film, mainly because of the, the fact that it's um, a lot of it is about Tony Stark's tech falling into the wrong hands. I don't believe the wrong hands would be Justin Hammer, at least the way Sam Rockwell portrayed him in the movie. I actually think uh, Sam, all that Sam, uh, that Justin Hammer cares about in the MCU is kind of being seen as, as being on the same level as Tony Stark. So there's kind of, he's just, he's just ambitious, but he's not, he's not quite as clever as Tony Stark was. So I think he might end up actually helping um, um, War Machine in the film. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on to Tim Roth. So it was also revealed that Tim Roth is going to be returning as the Abomination in She-Hulk, talking there, Kevin Feige liking to bring back uh, characters, uh, f- supposedly forgotten characters, but, you know, the, he didn't like that term. <coughs> so Tim Roth actually opened up, well, of sorts, about returning as the, the Abomination in the She-Hulk series, which was... It's been announced for a while, but kind of officially, officially announced by uh, Kevin Feige. And uh, he he took to Instagram and he said, also, charm offensive incoming. And he put a lovely picture of him as Abomination, which he was, he played in The Incredible Hulk, which if you remember, that was the movie that starred Edward Norton as Dr. Bruce Banner. And he was then replaced by Mark Ruffalo. So this is... The fact they're bringing him back, I think, is really fascinating. Uh, he he he's a he's a villain that is very very prominent in the comics. He's like the Hulk's kind of main antagonist, let's say, and he's not been involved in the MCU ever since that pretty average, let's say, uh, Incredible Hulk movie. I didn't think it was great. It's fine. It's one of the my least favorite MCU movies, and um, maybe. I, I did like Edward Norton's take on on Bruce Banner, but I really think he's kind of been overshadowed now by Mark Ruffalo, who I think is just perfect in the role. So Mark Ruffalo, I believe it was announced that he's also going to be in the She-Hulk series. 
And uh, Kevin Feige also kind of teased other characters, Marvel characters coming into it. And it's since been um, talked about that Charlie Cox's Daredevil is going to be in that series as well. Those are rumours, but I think Kevin Feige was really, really hinting strongly at that being the case. So what do you think about this? Are you excited to see the Abomination back? Are you excited to see Tim Roth back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I really love Tim Roth. I think he's a brilliant actor. And I really can't wait to see him play that role again and hopefully do it like real, real justice in this She-Hulk series. Is he going to be the main villain? Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. But... I think he might be a good one. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, final story. And this is not a good one. It's uh, It's been rumoured, but basically this has happened, that uh, Henry Cavill has injured himself. And filming on The Witcher Season 2 has been paused. So he actually, this was reported in the, in the Toronto Sun. And they said that he was doing an assault course and hurt his leg. So it sounds as though he was doing something not related to uh, The Witcher season two, to filming that. So he actually, some I've seen some outlets claiming that he was injured on set, but I don't think he was. And anyway, he was then trying to do scenes and apparently he was seen in a lot of pain. It's not sure whether it's like a muscle injury or actually something worse. So he seemed to be struggling with some of the scenes he has to shoot. And of course, one of the big pull, one of the big draws of The Witcher is the fact that they've cast Henry Cavill, who is very, very good at doing these sorts of action sequences. And also, ever since uh, starring in Mission Impossible Fallout alongside Tom Cruise, is very much uh, an advocate of doing his own stunts, which is great. Uh, but then it means that if he's injured, he can't do them and they can't really get someone else in to do those scenes for him. He's, he's a big, big guy and it'd be quite difficult to get someone his size. But um, yeah, it seems as though it's been paused now. Netflix has been forced to pause production. To be honest, The Witcher season two has been shooting for a while now and they were kind of not really, they, they went into lockdown uh, in, in the UK, but they kind of went back out of it pretty quickly. And then we're getting things going again. And then members of the crew, I believe, were tested positive for COVID-19. So they had to put it on pause again. So it's very much been a stop-start production. But hopefully, 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 fingers crossed, this isn't a very serious um, serious injury. Apparently, according to sources close to the production, they said that Henry Cavill can't walk properly. So that is that, <laughs> that is an issue, especially if he's going to be doing those really well choreographed fight scenes. Half, like half of one of the reasons I love The Witcher so much uh, even though I think the series, the first series is a bit of a mess, I still think it's well worth watching, mainly because of the, the really well choreographed fight scenes in, in The Witcher Season 1. And also, I think Henry Cavill's just brilliant in it. But let me know what you think about this. Are you worried about The Witcher Season 2 now? Um, I think it's going to be fine. I think you just got to wait for him to heal up and then they'll get back into, into production pretty swiftly. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, and with that, uh, that's all I have for you guys tonight. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you, Again, if you want to watch, uh, listen to this as a podcast, you can. It's at Small Screen Stories. Wherever you get your podcasts, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. That'd be wonderful if you could do that. Um, if you can like and subscribe on YouTube, that'd be really, really good. That'd be, that would help me out so much. If you can also, uh, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, I know some of you are, if you're watching on Facebook, you can like the video, share the video, follow, like the page. That would really, really be great. Read the articles. Go on to uh, www.small-screen.co.uk and read the articles over there. And if you also want to follow us anywhere on it on social media, you can. That's at Small Screen Co., and that's at uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Again, Small Screen Co. Now we've changed handle recently. And um, 
yeah, you can follow me at EJ Lauder on Twitter. Uh, you know, also, if you want to write for the site, you can. You can email me at hello at small-screen.co.uk with your pitches. We do pay our writers. And it's. I've said this time and time again, Small Screen is a place where I just want people to write about pop culture, to write about stuff they love. And I've had loads of pitches, some great writers out there. And I really, really want to thank all of them for their hard, hard work. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Cheers and goodbye. Goodbye.